Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. As always, you can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. And if you're not already, become a subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. And as always, we've got Ishmael Johnson in the house. Ish, how you doing? Yo, what's up? I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I Even when I was driving to the game yesterday, uh, I, I went to North Texas versus Houston Baptist. I was still like, this isn't real, right? Like, this isn't actually <laughs> happening. And I uh, am fully on board with the Brady McBride <laughs> chaos theory. Uh, <laughs> let me do whatever I can on every single given play that, I'm, that I have. Um, I'm on board with the theory. And it's going to be a fun <laughs> season because... That was the most fun I've had watching a Texas State game in a while. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was actually a really fun week in the games. Uh, obviously, we only had three of them. We had Texas State, SMU, UTEP, SFA, and Houston Baptist versus UNT. But, like, all of them were watchable. We, we said that last week mm-hmm. that we felt like, like all of them would have a little something fun. And... Honestly, I yeah, I really leave this weekend feeling good about uh, about where these teams are and feeling good about what I watched. Like, cause, cause I'll tell you what. I mean, we're talking a couple years ago. I I don't know if you could have talked me into a North Texas Houston Baptist game, right? Like, right. But it just ended up being a lot of fun, and and honestly, especially in a season like this, where look, hopefully we get conference championships. Hopefully we get a full conference slate. Hopefully we get you know college football playoff. But like this is just a year to really embrace all the little things, right? Like embrace all mm-hmm. these fun matchups and, and honestly, and, and we'll get to it and, and we can go ahead and jump right into this game and start with it. It was really, really fun for me to to open Twitter and see everybody talking about SMU versus Texas States. Right. Yeah. No, that was, that was, <laughs> that was something you really don't see really any, I'm talking about either of these teams, right? SMU last year took probably the Memphis game for everybody to kind of get on their radar. Um, and then obviously no one really talks about Texas State, really. And so seeing everybody kind of locked into both of those teams and then everybody kind of wondering, like, man, is Brady, Brady McBride's kind of wild, isn't he? And, like, just seeing Twitter kind of explode with talking about how he just kind of has this gamer mentality to him and then talking about, man, uh, you know, SMU looks a little sloppy and seeing analysis of, like, what they're doing differently or maybe how their how their experience isn't quite there yet and just seeing a full-on college football Twitter analysis of SMU versus Texas State. Like, could you imagine, you know, something like that during, during the same game last year, right? 47-14 or 47-17 or whatever it was. Um, you know, you couldn't imagine them going into the level of, detail that they were doing this time a year ago yeah and and actually let, let me ask you this so for people who don't know smu eked out a win 31 to 24 in a game that again last year they won by 30 points uh yeah. was this game to you more about smu disappointing or texas state showing something um i don't know if it was smu disappointing i'd say that it was smu maybe just not just looking a little just like maybe a little notch below of where we expected them to be, um, or where I should say we expect them to be uh, later on in the season, and Texas State being just better because you look at you look at what Texas State was able to do well. Uh, they were able to run the ball really, really well, which I think was at least a big surprise for me. Um, not only because of the the running back talent they had, but the push they got on the offensive line. 
And so maybe SMU's defensive line isn't as good, but also they they did a better job against the run in the second half when they finally started to shore up and put some people in the box and make and made Brady McBride kind of have to do things on his own. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, maybe there that second half was maybe a little bit more indicative. Right where they couldn't run, Tech State wasn't running the ball as nearly as easily, and SMU was starting to really, they were running the ball well themselves, Shane Bichelle had a better game when he stopped uh, turning the ball over, and I think that that was a little bit more indicative of how good SMU is, and you know, I'm not going to ignore the fact that SMU got a couple of beneficial calls. You know, I don't know how the game turns out if they, um, if those maybe go a different way. There were, you know, Tech State fans probably will be, will think it was more, uh, they had more calls than I think they did, but I think they probably had maybe one or two that probably swung things as opposed to like maybe three or four that <laughs> Texas State fans would probably think they they had in their favor. But there were some times where you're like, oh, this drive's not going really well. And then tech, then there was one call, I'm trying to remember exactly, um, there was the touchdown call that wasn't really looked at. Um, that was a little odd in my opinion. They might It might have been a touchdown either way uh, for SMU, but I was surprised they didn't look at it. Um but, you know, that aside, I think that it, it Tech State obviously looked better, but to me, SMU, it was more indicative of SMU, maybe, I don't want to say being caught off guard, but maybe just the whole situation, right? This whole whole season, this whole offseason, stopping, stopping and starting to camp and conditioning and things like that. That's, to me at least, that's what that was more indicative of. <laughs> and uh, I have to bring up a, a, a t- tweet from our good friend Kev Chardello over at the Statesman. Uh, he said in the middle of the game, Texas State fans blaming the refs and not coaching. He loved to see it. <laughs> so <laughs> right, yeah, because you're, you're used to seeing like play calling or like right. you know they don't they don't bother button blaming the, the refs because it's like yeah we're not good enough. The refs aren't right. The refs aren't uh, aren't against us. <laughs> right. I mean that's the thing. Your team has to be a certain level of good to even have the right to blame the refs. And right. uh, you know yesterday obviously i think that we saw that from Texas state and for me look uh the one point of concern for smu was uh well i, I actually i'll say two the one was a defensive line um i mean mm-hmm. obviously they graduated uh f- four of their top five i think and then they on top of that uh, michael williams ended up opting out at, at defensive tackle and that that's a huge loss for them right so so i think that we knew that there was going to be a little bit of a growing process but seeing texas state kind of manhandle them the way that they did with a pretty mm-hmm. you know pretty inexperienced group that, that was a little concerning like you said they picked it up in the second half but but it was a little concerning uh i was not the most impressed by garrett riley's play calling um it seems like I, I, it seemed like at times they forgot that they have one of the nation's best quarterbacks. And, yeah. you, you know, I, I think that getting to three to 36 pass attempts, which is what Bouchelle threw, I, I think that's fine. But, I mean, he was very efficient. Uh, he did have those turnovers, but, but I'm not too worried about that. I think it's still just early season stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I think that so much of this game was about Texas State showing up. And... You know, we we said coming into the year, and we said last year, like, when a Jake Spavital offense has a quarterback who can throw down the field, who can beat you down the field, and obviously we even saw a, a quarterback who can cause you issues with his legs, too, even if it's more in a mm-hmm. scrambling mode than a, a rushing mode, it really changes the game. And 
um, you know, credit to the offensive line for clearing some of those passing lanes, but I don't think it's a coincidence that SMU felt like they couldn't stack the box because of how well Brady McBride was playing. And, you know, he, he was a little bit inconsistent. You know, he completed sure. 50-something percent of his passes. I mean, he threw the ball 40 times for 227, but, like, I think that it still was obvious how different things were, right, than, than with Tyler Vitt at quarterback. And, um, and look, uh, I, I think that when Brady McBride plays against competition that's his own level, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see. Because, you know, I mean, obviously SMU and Texas State are similar level teams, but, like, you know, SMU is a really good team. They are a team that's going right. to potentially compete for the top 25. And next week, I'm actually really excited. We get to see Texas State play against UTSA, and I really think that this could be a little bit of a – well, I mean, I think that last week was a breakout moment for them, but, but I'm curious to see whether, you know, with – another week of practice with another week of McBride. Um, look, I, I didn't expect the receiver staff as good of a day as they did too, right? Like they looked mm-hmm. like so, so much different players uh, getting balls from Brady McBride than they did from, from Texas State's quarterbacks last year. So I, I really think that this game was so much about Texas State and the defense even too looked more confident than I expected them to after all of their losses. So it, it was just a good definitely. day all around. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the biggest thing for me was – you know, I'm wondering how much of SMU's play calling was them trying to be a little bit more balanced as opposed to needing to be balanced. Um, they, sure. I mean, TJ McDaniel was, he played fine. You know, he had 130 yards on 27 carries. Um, I think they, they did rush well. Relied they did on, rush well. Yeah, they, 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 it wasn't a bad thing. Um, Benley, I think, was okay. Like, he had a couple, he had a couple runs, but I think they, overall, I think that they, it was more, I felt it was more of them wanting to be balanced as opposed to, you know, Shane Bichelle not being that good or things like that and then feeling a need to be balanced. Because, um, you know, Bichelle had the two turnovers, but he, I mean, outside of those, I think he played fine. One of those was just a really good read from uh, Cordell Rogers. Um, I don't think anybody was at fault on that one. And the one thing that, yeah, the one thing that really impressed me was, I guess, was tech was Texas State's defense. Because I thought that'd be the side of the ball where they really struggled. And aside from... Um, I'm trying to remember. I think the long pass to Reggie Robertson, who's you know proven to be just one of the most <laughs> explosive players in in, in the right. country. Um, you know, aside from a deep ball to him, and I think there was one there was or two one to missed Rice, plays. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was one run I think from Bentley where he just put his foot in the ground and just absolutely embarrassed somebody in the in the red zone. Um, outside of those those plays, like it was. I don't want to say toe to toe, but it was like you know it was a team. That, it was the it was more of a uh, last year's matchup, right? Where you're seeing an experienced defense, you know, hold their own for three, two or three quarters um, against a really good offense. And it, you know, the only difference was this time they had a they had an Tech State had an offense that was formidable and able to let the defense rest and have this game be competitive for four quarters. Yeah, and, and I think that what you take away from this game defensively is that uh, Texas State is somewhat formidable to a great quarterback making deep passes. That was really right. where they struggled. And right. guess what? I mean, there's a reality that in the Sun Belt, playing this schedule, that's not going to be the main thing that they need to worry about. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, great performance from from Texas State. Uh, again, for me, I'm I'm not worried about SMU. I think that it's the first week of the season. Um, you know, sure. it, I, I'm not worried at this point. Now, there were some concerning signs, like I said, but uh, but I don't think that there's anything that they can't get cleaned up. And um, and look, this whole section was also a subtweet at the freaking people who mentioned me being like, you guys put Shane Bouchelle on the cover and he's playing like this. Oh he played God. fine. 
Come on. He played. On. He threw for what was it? Three. What, let me see. Three sixty-seven. Play the box score. Three sixty-seven in a bad. In a quote unquote bad game. I'll take that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No. It's a uh, yes. That this is all directed right at you people because my God, Seriously. what are you doing here? So, uh, so yeah. F- fun game overall. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, look. I think that you know most years, uh, most years I'm kind of able to pick and choose whatever game I want to go to, and this year it's a little more complicated than that just because of restrictions and all that. But I'm hoping sure. that I can make it to Texas State UTSA next week because I'm really excited to mm-hmm. see both those two get out it. So um, let's move on. Let's move on to so the second game of the day: Houston Baptist versus North Texas. This is again the game that I was at yesterday. Uh, North Texas actually puts up a school record with 721 yards of offense, wins 50, uh, 57 to 30. Um, so for me, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just have to jump in first and say that, you know, we picked Bailey Zappi as our first team preseason All-Texas Small College quarterback, and I'm feeling real good about that. But, oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, Jason Bean, I think, looked very, very good in his first action that we've seen him throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the... Um... I think that was that was the question, right? It was like how much we're going to see of him, how much we're going to see of Asanani, um, and you know, is is HBU going to give them a chance to really shuffle around, or is it going to be how how competitive is it going to be? And you know, they you know North Texas put their foot on the gas right away, and you know they jumped out to what was it twenty nothing at one point, or just uh, I think yeah. to start off the game, right? Yeah, twenty nothing. Yeah, I think that's right. And they didn't they didn't let up off the gas, and you know Jason Bean looked really composed. Austinani looked okay too. Like it wasn't like you know Jason yeah. Bean threw four hundred yards and you know shut Austinani out of the offense. It was they both looked pretty good. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me was you know I think there were some points where it became clear that. North Texas wanted to take their foot off the gas and HBU was a little bit it wasn't that wasn't bad enough to let them do that yeah. um because obviously Bailey Zappi almost threw for 500 yards which is absolutely insane he played three TDs zero picks man yeah near near flawless like I, it was absolutely brilliant but um you know there were some times where you could tell that UNT wanted to take their foot off the gas a little bit and <laughs> HBU was like hey what are we doing we still got we still got four quarters here but um yeah, I don't know. I think I think you can come away with a couple. You can come away with multiple good things for both teams here. Um, HBU, you have to be really pleased with how your offense just continued to put up points against a an FBS defense. Um, you know, heading into your remaining schedule, um, which isn't much, but you know, heading into your remaining schedule, you have to be pretty confident in that. Yeah, and and for me. Look, I, I think Austinani did play pretty well when he got a chance to play, but I was, I, I thought that there was, to me at least on Saturday, a pretty clear delineation between Jason Bean and Austinani, and, and obviously Case mm-hmm. Martin had gotten later too. Like, I, I we hadn't seen Jason Bean throw it all in live action. Like, whenever they would bring him into the game, sometimes with uh, with Ani or Martin last year, they would let them throw a couple of times, but we really didn't get to see Jason Bean ever throw a real pass. Like, they would just run mm-hmm. the ball with him last year. And so, you know, I was really curious to see, you know, could he hit these deep passes? And and the big credit that I give to him and, and the reason that I'm actually really excited about him is because, I mean, those three touchdown passes that he threw were all impressive. Uh, he threw a 33-yarder yeah. to Jalen Darden. He threw a 32-yarder to Greg White, uh, another 19-yarder to Jalen Darden. So, I mean, and all of them were right on the money. All of them were, you know, receivers creating separation, yes, but all of them were right on target. And, yeah. um, you know, that wasn't something that I necessarily knew that we could count on heading into the season. And so 
um, for me. And then you also have the the aspect of his legs, obviously, too, that uh, that was very impressive as well. Like, I didn't know how far along Bean was going to be, especially since, mm-hmm. you know, they seemed kind of hesitant to, to name him the starting quarterback. But uh, to me, like, I leave, I leave this game saying I think that North Texas should feel pretty good about their quarterback situation. I think so, too. And I'm wondering, like, the one thing that I, I definitely got from yesterday was it looked like Seth Luttrell was really happy to have a, 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 you know, this is no slight to Mason Fine, but he was really happy to have a big quarterback again. Yeah. Um, he was really happy to have a quarterback who he wasn't afraid to call running plays for because Mason Fine, he could run, but you didn't want him running and he, he his best, you know, he was, he was more of a presence inside the pocket um, as far as his elusive ability goes. And so you didn't want him moving around because he obviously had an injury history with little, little injuries here and there. Um, and he's smaller, so you don't want him to potentially get hurt. Um, with Jason Bean, there's not that. There, I mean, he, you know, he he's slight. He's not a big quarterback. But he's, he's very you know, skinny. He's, he needs to get thicker. But uh, but right. like you said, but he's he, a much he, he can take player. the hits. Right. He he can take the hits. He's what six two, six three, and so he, you Seth Latrell is definitely more okay with him running, and that is something that you know I'm I'm curious to see where that what that dynamic gives the offense because. Again, that's not something you wanted Mason Fine doing, and that kind of limited to limited some things uh, that North Texas could do on offense. And now you have this extra dynamic with this guy who could, you know, who can run and take uh, take off and, and generate plays that way. Yeah, and the one thing that I do want to see from Jason Bean is is and he won't have to do this a whole ton necessarily at, at that level, but, like, I do want to see him throw into tighter windows a little. Like, because a lot mm-hmm. of his, his passes were breakaways, right? A lot of his passes mm-hmm. were to open receivers, and that's not a bad thing by any means, like, because he made the passes perfectly. They were pinpoint, but right. I, I do want to – I do think that the next step that I need to see from him is to, to sort of see him throw some of those crossing routes, throw some of those, you know, outs, and, and – I think that, that that he very much has the ability to do it uh, based on the arm talent that we saw yesterday. So, um, mm. but but I, I feel really good about North Texas. I think that uh, their rushing game looks incredible, right? Like yeah. they have a, a whole stable of running backs who I feel really good about. And and honestly, the funny thing about it, right, is that at North Texas and and we actually, you know, we'll get to this in a second with UTEP too. But it's like when you have so many guys, it must become kind of frustrating uh, to some of these guys to be like. You know, DeAndre Torrey was nearly a thousand yard rusher in 2018, was a non factor last year. You know, Trey Siggers mm-hmm. was nearly a thousand yard rusher last year, and he did lead the team in uh, in rushes, but he only got 14 of them, right? So it's like, yeah. it is going to be interesting to see how they end up managing that because I just look at a room that has four to five guys who could all play. And, um, and the thing that I love about that room too is that. I see all those guys as being very different types of players. And to me, that's that's really uh, when you can get a really special running back room is when you have the ability to attack in so many different ways. Sure. Well, let's, uh, real quick before we move on from this game, w- are you worried about the North Texas defense or was this just Bailey Zappi being Bailey Zappi? I think I'm a little, I'm a little worried, but I want to see... This is gonna this is gonna be unfortunate because their next game is against SMU. So it's like we're gonna see until they play <laughs> right. a good offense, and it's like okay, you know, there's there's no time to fix anything. But um, right. I think I'm a little surprised that there wasn't a point where UNT just kind of put the game, you know, put a, put the foot on the neck, right? Which and, is what you I, expect I at say, some point. 
I will say, I will say, I do think that they did that in the third quarter, but I think that they kind of okay. let up in the fourth. Yeah, the third quarter, I did feel like they they managed to get to the quarterback a little bit better, which was a big deal. Um, and mm-hmm. and I did feel like they kind of took it away, but but again, that's kind of one quarter out of four, right? Like they right. didn't you do expect, a first. You expect that period. to be like an entire half, right? Second half or second quarter going on. Um, they put their foot on, they put the foot on the offense, and they just really slowly suffocate them or you know make sure that they can't you know they, they tighten up coverage they you know put people in the box get rushers on them and you expect that to kind of be for multiple quarters against an fcs team and Definitely. yeah so i mean it's a slight concern but again it's unfortunate that the next game again is against smu and not another team more on their level um so we could probably see if that's a that's a thing because I don't know if you can take much from Shane Bichelle doing the same thing. It's like okay, you've had, you just have two good quarterbacks doing that to your offense, but or to your defense. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's not it's not much right now. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't want to make too much of it either because again, I mean, I do think that you know I I don't want to overrate guys necessarily, but like I do think that Bailey Zappi legitimately you know behind Bichelle might be the best quarterback they face all year. I mean, Jack Abraham's another one. Sure. Uh, but, but like, I mean, <laughs> I tweeted it yesterday. I, I don't know how, how Bailey Zaffy got completely missed by the entire FBS. You know, I don't know how 130 yeah. teams just didn't think, oh, wait, this guy can play football for me. But uh, but credit right. to Houston Baptist, man. They've done a fantastic job with him. And, um, and yeah, I mean, look, Houston Baptist uh, – won't get to play a team that they could potentially beat this year. And uh, I imagine they won't play in the spring after playing in the fall. So uh, look, we probably won't get to see him do it, but I'm looking forward to fall 2021 when we get to see him against uh, FCS competition again. So moving on to our last game of the weekend, UTEP uh, versus Stephen F. Austin. UTEP manages to pull it out uh, 24 to 14. So <laughs> I'll ask you first, what were sort of your, your initial takeaways from this game? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it was that UTEP's offense, aside from Deion Hankins, still really bad. Um, uh, I this did is not... Jacob Cowing erasure, man. Fine, yes, Jacob. When they got him the ball, yes. <laughs> when they got him the ball, um, he, he was good, which is, I mean, similar to what happened last year. When they got him the ball, he was good. But... Um, God, this game was unwatchable for to me for a lot of long stretches because because you know SFA jumped out to what was it fourteen three fourteen nothing lead fourteen yep, three um, and so and so I was like okay well, this is interesting and then it took a while for UTEP to get going and then finally when they did it was like okay and then like the game just kind of stalled for like <laughs> the last two quarters U- UTEP finally went up but uh, it was it was kind of the the intrigue was SFA going up early. And then the intrigue was, okay, UTEP finally getting into the game. And then both teams just kind of stalled. And then UTEP finally got the game-winning touchdown in the end. Um, but, golly, there was there was some stretches where I'm like, these teams are uncomfortably close in talent level. <laughs> and I mean uncomfortably for UTEP. Because it, became a point, it got to a point where this is a stalemate. And I was like, I don't like that this is a stalemate for UTEP. <laughs> well okay in defense of utep uh actually let me first add the context that stephen f austin is an fcs program that has won a combined four games the last two years right so this is this is a bad fcs team now a growing better talent 
Yes, uh, better talent yeah. than than. Uh, and I mean, they, they, they are a talented team. They're, it's just all yes. young, and right. they're also very well coached. Right, Colby Carthel is a yes. tremendous coach, and uh, we love Dana Dimmel, but but like Carthel is the coaching advantage here. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so for me, uh, the the thing that I will take away from this game is that once they did go down fourteen three, once they did kind of get punched in the face. They right. did it was definitely one of those where it was like FCS game. Who cares? You know, we're gonna blow them out. Oh God, right. what are we doing? What are we doing? It was almost right. the start. I guess we kind of, me and you, kind of said they would have right. Where it's like, I'm not surprised if it's ten three, fourteen three, SFA after two after one. Yeah, and so you know the thing that you say right is that um, so so SFA scores that touchdown with twelve minutes left in the second quarter, right, and they go up fourteen three. From that point mm-hmm. on. Uh, UTEP scores 21 straight points. They hold uh, SFA scoreless. Um, the thing that I think, <laughs> so so, and we talked about this briefly last week too, right? Like SFA could play, you know, high school teams, and they're not going to beat them by 30 because that's just not how they're even built to play. Like that's just right. not, um, you know. And so, in their own way, they did sort of dominate this game offensively after that because because they went on a 16 play drive, they went on a 10 play drive, an 11 play drive, a nine play drive. So like. And, and they actually held the ball. And, I mean, holding on to the ball is not a measure of success, you know, to us, right? Like, like we're just right. we're just past that in football now. But, you know, to their credit, they held on to the ball for 30 of the last 42 minutes. So, like, they were able to, mm-hmm. you know, control the game, control the clock. They played football their way. And we can argue about whether it's the right way to play, but they played football the way that they wanted to play it. And, um, right. and yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with Deion Hankins. Uh, this is what I've been waiting for. Once they started, uh, once they stopped doing that that dive play that went straight into the center and and started angling him, uh, yeah. guess what? He's a lot better at football. Right. Yeah. And, it, uh, it was one of those. It was one of those things where, I mean, we went through like kind of like the position battle last week, and you know, I think for the most part. I still think Trey Self is the better quarterback, but the difference is Gavin Hardison had Jacob Cowing. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and so, you know, that was, we, we were, I think, I think we were right in that, in that category, but we said, you know, UTEP has the better running backs. And I think we mentioned, uh, Wadley last week, cause I didn't think Hankins would get this much feature. Um, and he looked, I mean, this, this is it like, right. This is, this is the best quarter. This is the best running back that El Paso's had, right. The leading rusher in El Paso history. So like, this is the guy that you expected to be the game breaker. Um, I didn't expect him to be the game breaker week one right away. I thought they would be like a little bit, especially after last year, it looked like they've been slowly acclimating him to the offense, but it looked like they were fine. They finally said, you know what, let's just unleash this kid. And I mean, they have a potential star on, the, on our, on their hands and hopefully, this is a sign of things to come where he is running back number one and cowing is wide receiver number one. And they let these, they let these guys do what they do. Yeah. And, and again, just to reiterate, uh, please, I am begging you do not run those dive plays into the center because I think honestly, that's, that's just, I think that's just Dana Dimmel's like old school. Like this, this is Bill Snyder, right? This is like, you know, they're, they're line them up and then, you know, hat to hat, <laughs> but like, run to the gap, you know. It's, but, yeah, I, I get it, but, but like, it's definitely like don't make old the school. gap. 
don't make the gap in the in the A gap, right? Like you can run to the I'm, B I gap. Know, like, I know, that's no, no, all I'm, just saying, I'm asking. This is definitely <laughs> this is definitely like we gotta win the battle up front, and you gotta get the hat on the hat and helmets on helmets, <laughs> and win the A gap. And it's like, all right, man. Like this, yeah. I definitely got like old Bill Snyder vibes from watching that <laughs> offense yesterday. If if we're gonna do that, uh, if we're gonna do that crap, then my God, just just direct snap it to Hankins and let him be Colin Klein. Right. Don't make him, don't make him, you know, have the ball handed off to him. So, right. um, you know, and and the other thing that I'll say too is that um, I I think that for Hardison uh, in his first start at UTEP, um, I mean, I I see the vision there, right? He he wasn't sure. always good. Uh, the big thing that that I really grew frustrated with was, I mean, he was very inaccurate throwing to the outside. Um, mm-hmm. You know that 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 was a huge issue. When he was throwing inside, he was pretty good. Um, and and again, it does help that he has a receiver as good as Jacob Cowling. But it's kind of like what we were talking about with Texas State too, where where it's like. Um, you know, not that the receivers around Cowling are phenomenal by any means, but mm-hmm. you realize that they were a lot better than what they've been allowed to be. And sure. and I think that, you know, that's some optimism. I mean, again, this is still uh, – actually, this isn't Hardison's first start. He, he started a couple games last year, but um, but his first season opening start, let's say. And, mm-hmm. and he looked a little more accurate. Uh, again, I, I just want to see him grow in consistency. But, I mean, look, I, I do think that overall uh, – I, I understand it's against SFA, but like you know, this is a team that two years ago was getting blown out thirty to ten by Northern Arizona, and this is a team last year that needed basically a miracle to hold off Houston Baptist, right? And so, right, I I see an offense that has some real weapons now, and um and and defensively, once they settled down, they looked a lot better because in the first half, I mean, they they really looked like. They had never scouted SFA in their lives before, but <laughs> right. But once they once they got under control, I, I think that they looked a lot better. So I'm and not going to say here. Like the the yeah. one thing that stood out to me was, <clears throat> you know, because Cowling last year he had one game over 100 yards. Um, yeah. I believe it was Charlotte, right? Yeah. Um, and so to me, this is not a slight to Kyle Oxley, but I think it showed the confidence that they have in just Hardison's arm because. They didn't let, you know, Loxley throw a lot last year. Obviously, right. when you have somebody of his athletic ability, you want to use that. But it was almost like Dana Dimmel was, you know, the offense was saying, eh, I don't like, we can only use this guy's feet as opposed to Hardison saying, or them feeling confident enough to get cowing over 100 yards in their first game of the year. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come where they have a quarterback, a quarterback that where they feel confident enough in his arm to be able to use utilize these wide receivers a little more. Because um, that was always a frustration last year. Was we clearly saw that Cowling was this emerging number one receiver, and they threw to him like you know they didn't throw to him really until like November. <laughs> and so um, now that they have, now that they know that they have that in his in their offense, and they have a quarterback that they know that can get him the ball. You know, who knows? Well, and, and the thing that I'll say is that, um, you know, so so that Charlotte game, Kyle Oxley was starting quarterback, but the last three games of the year, uh, when, when he Hardison. posted, yeah, they were all Hardison, and, and mm-hmm. he averaged about 70 yards a game, you know? And so yeah. it's nice to see now that they've had an offseason together that hopefully that relationship is growing. And again, I think that when Cowing is playing the way that he does, it really opened up the rest of that offense um, and, and the rest mm-hmm. of those receivers. So... 
look uh again we we can't emphasize enough this was against a you know this was against sfa a rebuilding right. fcs team um but you know what this is <laughs> this is probably the most convincing performance and and the best last 30 minutes of game that we've seen during the dana dimmel era, era so we'll, we will take it as a win so sure uh, and now they get texas next week so we and now they a get lot to talk about from that right <laughs> Listen, uh, we're going to talk about Dion Hankins, and then we're going to move on. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so um, not to put you on the spot here. Okay, so we've had we've had six teams play so far, um, and we'll we'll include the the FCS teams in with this. Okay, so we've had Houston Baptist, SFA, North Texas, UTEP, Texas State, SMU. So, and I can go first, but uh, but mm-hmm. if you were to power rank them right now, if you were to do a college power poll of them right now, how would you have them? Ooh. Let's see. I think it's still number first. one. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, go ahead and yeah. uh, start. Um, SMU is number one. I'm going to go UNT number two. I want God, a win's a win. <laughs> so part of me wants to be like UTEP number three, but I'm also like, oh, God, is that really? <laughs> I'm going to say UTEP number three. A win's a win. Um, you know, I, I Texas State's right behind them. Just because I, I don't know, I can't. I'm not. I'm not in favor of counting wins or losses as better than wins. Um, and then I'm gonna go with HBU, and then Houston ba- or um, uh, uh, SFA. Uh, yeah, SFA. So I I understand the the thought process of not counting a, a loss is better than a win, but. I will count the difference between an FCS team and and a high level A. That's fair. Team. That's fair. Completely so, fair. Yeah. So I'm also yeah, tr- I'm, I'm also trying to like I'm also trying to overcompensate for my bias, so I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I, I think I think that there's and this is this is no slight to Nortex because Nortex had a had a great performance too. Um, sure. I think that there's a legit argument that Texas State is number two right now. Um, sure. There. Yeah. Be, I mean, like be, like you said, considering the competition. Um, yeah. But also, I don't. I don't want to slight North Texas for yeah. beat it for just. I mean, they 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 convincingly beat HBO, and you you can only play who's on your schedule, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know for sure, for sure. So yeah, I, I think that SMU is still a clear number one. And again, I not worried yet. Uh, if I see worried. some more negative results, I'll be worried. But but I think that this right. was just week one stuff. It's new offense stuff. It's new defensive line stuff. Again, especially since they played really well in the second half, I, I think that that's a good indicator. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, that's kind of what happened last year against Arkansas State was that uh, was that yeah, Shane got point. off to kind of a slow start and then really kind of put it on. So uh, yeah, I mean, number two, I'll have North Texas. They did everything you, that was asked of them. Um, I would have liked to see a little more from their defense, but also Bailey Zappi's fantastic. So, you know, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I'll go Texas State. Uh, great performance uh, in, in their first game against SMU, and and again, I mean, like, I know that a lot's changed, but like going from forty-seven seventeen to thirty-one twenty-four is, I mean, sure. that's huge. <laughs> that's a huge swing. Um, number four, I I will go with UTEP. Uh, UTEP did pick up a win. It was against SFA, so you know we can contextualize it. Uh, number five, definitely Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist, you know, I mean Bailey Zappi is fantastic i mean just just absolutely tremendous and and number six i'll close out with sfa and i do want to be clear like i don't think sfa looked bad at all right like i think that sfa showed a lot of good stuff but uh but you know they 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 couldn't put it away down the stretch right 
So I feel real good about where we're at. I mean, I, I wasn't sure what to expect this first week, but all three games were fun. All three games had something to take away. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to, to this next week when we're going to start seeing the, the first round of Big 12 teams and uh, other than TCU, obviously, which has canceled its season opener against uh, SMU because of uh, COVID issues. But but everyone mm-hmm. else is going to be on the schedule. I'm excited to see that. And, and I'm excited to see, too, you know, can Texas State keep this up? So uh, we're just getting started here. This is just week one. We got a whole bunch more of these to go. So uh, so thanks to, so much to everybody for joining us. Uh, as always, like I said, you can become a subscriber at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sex Football. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Uh, all of our work is at texasfootball.com. We've already got some stuff up from both the high school and college weekend already. But uh, other than that, uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. And we will be back with you guys again on Wednesday.